Hey, podcast friends. If you love our podcast and want to help support us to continue making cool shit, consider joining our Patreon community. Get early access to each episode, a monthly hangout on Zoom, custom answers to your questions in exclusive Patreon videos, and much, much more. Head on over to patreon.com slash conversations with creators to become a patron today. Your support means the world to us. Now on to the episode. Let's just say if you walk into a room and he's in a gorilla suit with a tutu on, it's not out of the norm. <laughs> That's like he's apparel. That's like my telegram uniform. <laughs> yeah, singing telegrams. Performing at Ultra Fest on four-legged stilts and with these kind of foam saddles built into our costumes, carrying leggy go-go dancers. I get the the performer EDC email, you know, for like call for performers in the acrobat category. <laughs> there is a little a little uh, asterisk, a little star. It says like must be able to do consecutive backflips. <laughs> so they made a new rule for EDC acrobats because I was so bad. <laughs> hey, quick question before we get started. Would you like to win a free piece of clothing from Snowman Films and a 30-minute chat about your creative journey with me? I know that I would love to connect with you, and I know that I would have loved to talk with somebody who had experienced a similar path when I was getting started. So let's make it happen. Here's what you need to do. Subscribe to the Conversations with Creators podcast, rate and review and share it in just five easy steps. First, write a review on your preferred podcasting platform and rate it. Five stars for good karma. Then, screenshot your review and share it on social media, tagging Snowman Films. Each month, I'll select one random winner to receive a free piece of clothing from our store and a 30-minute virtual coaching call with me. Again, subscribe, write a review, rate the show, screenshot that review, share it on social media, tagging Snowman Films, and get entered into a drawing for that one-on-one virtual session with me and some free swag. Thank you so much for taking the time to leave me a review. I really appreciate you, and I'm excited to see you in our one-on-one virtual call soon. Now, let's dive into today's episode. So the big question is this. How are creators like us, who aren't built for the 9 to 5, for the people who put their passion before them being comfortable? How do we turn that passion into a living that pays the bills and a life that we love? That is the question. This podcast will give you the answers. My name is Noah Mittman, and welcome to Conversations with Creators. <laughs> What's up, buddy? How's it going? I love the sweater. Mm, yeah, it's, uh, it's popular on the internet these days. <laughs> <laughs> All the oranges. <laughs> yeah, no, this will be this will be this will be fun. I'm excited for this. I've never actually like picked your brain specifically about all the crazy stuff you do. And I did not even look at the question. Oh, it's fine. It is fine. You were the first guest that actually requested them beforehand, so it's all good. Did I? Yeah. I'm not gonna be like, hi, did you murder anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Conversations with Creators. My guest today is, man, you gave me, uh, you were my first video gig way back in the day. This man is a master of singing telegrams, still performer, uh, writer, singer extraordinaire, ladies and gentlemen, 
Orange Peel Moses, George Peel. <laughs> Thank you. But uh, you got to be real careful when you say still performer. They still pronounce performer. Yeah, because every time I tell someone I'm a still performer, they're like, still performer? What is that? <laughs> it's like, a, it's like a, a, a statue. Yeah, a living statue. <laughs> you were the opposite of a living statue. <laughs> I actually had my first living statue gig recently, but I allowed to move around. <laughs> you really did. I was in an astronaut uh, suit, and uh, it was pretty fun, actually. Oh, my God. You actually did. That's hilarious. You actually did a statue. I just don't. You, you're you're constantly moving from where, I mean, that's just, you're pretty, you're, you as a person is is a blur. <laughs> Uh, so I blurred my background. Yeah, exactly. And there you go. You get back background blur. <laughs> so George for our audience, Orange Peel Moses. Uh, this man, I, I actually hold up. I'm gonna go get it. I totally forgot to bring it. I will be back and just I will cut this out until I come back. Ready? Okay, so I have a surprise for you. <laughs> Check this. So, for anybody listening, oh, wow. this is the set list and the the load in call because for the Bass Nectar show that I worked with George because I count this in uh, December thirty first, twenty twelve, as my first like real professional video gig. And you hooked me up with that, so thank you. <laughs> That's sure. I count that as my first, like, short film project. Yeah, legit short film project. Yeah, but I was I was just this kid, and I was making parkour videos, and maybe I'd shot like a family's wedding or something for some money, and then George comes up and he's like, "Hey." <laughs> You want to go to Nashville at New Year's <laughs> Eve to, to do bass nectar? I was like, oh, yes, immediately. <laughs> and that was a hell of a journey. <laughs> what do you remember about that? Uh, I remember a lot of things. I mean, we have it fairly well documented. I remember that. That's true. Nate was the one that uh, referred me to you. No shit. Nate the Average. Nate, well, yeah, Nate the Average. I was like, I know a couple Nates. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Nate the Average is my boy. Yeah. Um, he was the one that referred me to you, told me you would kill it. And what else? Uh, you know, the lighting wasn't always perfect in that uh, because we didn't have a lighting guy or anything. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, have a, I have a much better low light camera now. That, that, that original camera was not good in low light at all. But we made do. It, it were I think I mean that's still some of my favorite concert footage. I mean it was just so basically what it what the gig was was Bass Nectar sold out the Bridgestone Arena in Nashville, and it was this may it, I mean still I think still the craziest energy of the initial drop in music that I've ever experienced. Um, that energy was insane, and we talk about it. I mean you talk about it in the video, well, well, like. Well. Just mayhem. 
Yeah, he's he's sold out a lot of venues, but that's that's the one that one of the ones that we got to uh, bring a, a crew of performers to yeah. you know, on New Year's Eve. So that was wild. And then uh, <laughs> I, I was realizing recently that um, this chick uh, Kelly K. No, no, she's like a big time like OnlyFans girl now. <laughs> Is it like all of these big YouTubers' video just like pulling her? <laughs> I was like, I remember when she was. I it was she was just a performer. It was crazy. She was. I mean, she was just a like a. She was one of the mob. The what do you call it? <laughs> the, the, the skater. The skater girls. Yeah. Yeah, roller girl. Yeah, but I've seen her on like so many podcasts. Like it's cr- anyway, just wild. And like way back in the day, just how how the how different careers can go. <laughs> well, in the uh, canyons. Yeah, this thing going on too these days. You know, he's producing events and providing sound for events. What's this thing called? Like Bass Bus or what is it? I should know this. I know the two. <laughs> if we should be more prepared. Yeah, no, I. This is not. This is so far out of the questions that I have for you. I just wanted to recap on on back in twenty on New Year's Eve twenty twelve. Because anyway, it, I will I will link in the show notes the the bass nectar video that. Basically, I mean, got got my start in. I mean, I think it was like, I mean, it was my first paid gig. That was the coolest. It was, I had an absolute blast. And you have, I mean, we're still we're still doing stuff. <laughs> so I appreciate you. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> now moving on to your main gang. So there. this man, I've. <laughs> Uh, let's just say if you walk into a room and he's in a gorilla suit with a tutu on, it's not out of the norm. <laughs> that's like handed apparel. That's like handed apparel. Telegram uniform. <laughs> yeah, singing telegrams. This guy. So you have the basically the most popular singing telegram business in Denver, and I have to ask you, what are your favorite character characters to do with the singing telegrams? I mean the the clownfish costume that I have is one right. of my most unique costumes because it was custom designed, and of course Nemo is the most famous clownfish now. But but you were the re- first costume made is because my cousin has an aquatic supplies business, and even before Finding Nemo came out, the clownfish was his logo. For his aquatic supplies business, it's called Green Products. And okay, sorry, we want some royalties. <laughs> he had one. Of, I think he had one of the first aquatic supplies businesses on the internet. Like he was, he was. I think he started in the mid to late nineties, something like. Wow. That. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. So the clownfish is a favorite. What else? Yeah, it's one of my favorites. Oh my gosh, there's. Hard. It's like you know people say, which when people ask. A parent such as yourself, right? Which is your favorite kid? You know, right, right, right. Oh, ah, ah, ah. let's go, let's go, uh, let's go top five. <laughs> um, I mean, I I think I enjoy doing drag for sure. That's been something I've been doing for a long time, and so, like for example, the nurse dress is really comfortable, and I feel really comfortable and confident in that. Um. I remember you surprising your dad for his birthday in drag. Uh, yeah, yeah. That was a fun time. I filmed that one. 
Yep. And that was, was a good reason for that because he used to, when I would have car trouble in the early days of my singing telegram career, when I would have car trouble, I would, my dad would kind of like rescue me sometimes and chauffeur me to gigs. And one of the most memorable was downtown at old Chicago's when it was old Chicago's downtown in Denver. Yeah. I was dressed as a, I was supposed to be like a prostitute character or like an ex-girlfriend of the recipient. That's what I was supposed to be as an ex-girlfriend of the recipient. And I went into the restaurant and pretended to be this person's ex-girlfriend. Of course, and he's the recipient's so confused because he has no idea who I am. But uh, my dad was. You have to imagine George without the beard, which his I vote the beard's a recent installment, which I I'm a big fan of. By the way, we're, we're beard brothers now. Yeah. <laughs> how how long ago? How long ago? By the way, did you start the singing telegram gig? So I started working. I started working for another singing telegram agency in 2004 and then i don't know exactly how long it took but within i want to say six months to a year friends started asking me if i could do something for them yeah so i started doing my own on the side and just kept doing that doing it that way for years and got over 2005 a lot of experience through this other business but also started doing more of my own and getting better at that, you know? Yeah. It was a gradual process, but, but after a few years, I launched my own just very basic website and then, um, and then I upgraded it a few years later and then, yeah. yeah. And then you got me following you around all Valentine's day dressed as Cupid in a diaper. Yep. <laughs> Did that answer your question fully? Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Top three clownfish, drag, and Cupid. Oh uh, yes, Cupid, of course. Yeah, yeah, of course. We can't. We gotta list. Gotta give some love to Cupid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's we still. We still, by the way, have iconic character for me because I've, Valentine's Day is the biggest day of the year for singing telegrams. Yeah. There's not a lot of people who have the cojones to play Cupid in, in, in that, uh, in the version that I do, you know, with very little clothing on. Just, just walking into corporate America with your chest bare and you got, you got your bow and arrow that sticks to people's foreheads and, uh, and, and beautiful songs to go with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a lot of laughter and embarrassment. It's great. It's the best. <laughs> I, I have never not smiled. Wow. <laughs> I had one guy once in a while I do these I'm sorry telegrams. Not very often, but yeah. I'm where I'm apologizing from a partner to a partner. Oh my god. And uh I showed up as Cupid one time in Stapleton on this guy's porch and he opens the door and he's like, Oh hell no. He slams the door in my face. <laughs> Did you get in there or was that it? Oh, that was it. That was the end of it. <laughs> He's like not dealing with this right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, for this. like, you know, I'm just, all I can do is, is speculate as to why he slammed the door, but it was either because he didn't appreciate a white guy in a diaper or he 
knew it was from his partner who had wronged him and didn't want, you know, didn't care for her anymore or whatever, you know. The truth may never be known. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so for you, what goes in, what, like, what's the, what goes into the process of preparing a singing telegram performance? Yeah, so it begins with a consultation of sorts, and that happens via text sometimes it happens via email sometimes it happens on a phone call sometimes but basically the customer tells me what the occasion is who the recipient is where i'm going and then we and then i sometimes one of the first questions i ask them is what kind of music does the recipient like and sometimes that's irrelevant because they just want to embarrass this person but it's a good starting point for a lot of them just because it helps give me an idea because if yeah sometimes we're just embarrassing people and and irking them but what percentage what percentage is embarrassment versus like sweet and heartfelt it's it's so impossible to calculate that because sometimes it's a mixture of the two okay yeah that makes sense yeah so it's it's really hard to and i don't really i think a mixture is like the best like it's it's like it's i'm gonna embarrass you but it's also sweet that's great so i don't keep any hard stats on that stuff yeah but but as I was saying, we we kind of consult, and I I ask about the recipient's favorite favorite music, any artists that are relevant, any songs that are relevant, and and then we we start to pick songs and we start to pick costumes, and you know sometimes the recipient or sometimes the customer knows exactly what they want, like they want me to be this one character from this one comedy sketch from 1975 or whatever. And uh, and that's exactly what they want. And then some customers have no idea what they want because they're first time customers. They have no idea what would be good. And because I've been doing it for almost twenty years, they just trust me to pick something that will work for the occasion. Yeah. And sometimes, and a lot of times, if they don't give me any information, it's going to be fairly generic in my eyes because I'm just going to pick something that I think is popular. And like the gorilla in the tutu, which I know is popular. Um, the Beatles' birthday, which I know is popular, just things like that. But uh, it's it's best if the customer can help me customize it to a certain degree yeah. by pick, helping me pick songs, helping me pick costumes. And then when a customer really wants to go all out and they have the budget, then we do a personalized song. And that's when they give me all kinds of information about the recipient. And I rewrite the lyrics to a song, whether it's the recipient's favorite song or whether it's a song by their favorite artist or whether it's their favorite or whether it's just a song that's relevant to the occasion somehow or whether it's their least favorite song (laughs) one of those uh usually we pick and then i rewrite the lyrics just like weird al rewrites the lyrics of popular songs yeah you are you are the weird i mean that is the closest like Mm -hmm. parallel that i can draw 100 percent is it's it's but like that shows how good you are, right? Like Weird Al is memorable because it's like I remember I I had a bit of a sheltered childhood, so like I know the Weird Al version of songs better than the actual version of a lot of songs because Weird Al was what I listened to. So yeah. I mean, you putting you putting the Weird Al spin on it is you're that good. Like again, we I mean we have we have the lyric we have your lyric sheet hung in our in our upstairs hallway because it's just it's the best it's the best it was so cool he re uh you re you reworked water grow old with you yeah and uh that's that was our our 
actually what's crazy is that was our first dance song at our wedding mm, that's such a beautiful song oh, literally i've been singing that song for over 10 years it's one of my favorite all-time favorite songs in general but also specifically for valentine's day anniversary term relationships love it so you much. killed it it was it was it was it was again it was so good that it's framed <laughs> i mean you know i've all i've ever hoped for was to hang on uh someone's refrigerator exactly <laughs> right <laughs> career goals that's that i'm gonna pause it what's up baby <laughs> All right, well, go poo. Go upstairs, go poo, and go back to bed, please. Thank you. <laughs> the wife is out working out, so I got the the kids are supposed to be in bed, which I'm like, I'm always like, do you guys need to go potty? They're like, no. And then, sure enough, 10 minutes after bedtime, I got to go poo. Yeah, I, I know. You always do this. <laughs> I mean, no, but that's awesome. They're young. They're still learning. How to... Oh, yeah, yeah. Nice signals from their potties. Listen, I'm happy it's in the potty and not in their bed. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, actually, yeah, I think he kind of answered the next the next question I have. But is there anything else in the creative process from developing the song from its inception to the final product for you? I mean, there's all kinds of different things can happen. Um, Sometimes the customer wants to see a preview of the lyrics, especially if it's for something at a corporate office or something like that. That makes sense. HR wants to take a look at it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes they'll offer feedback. Sometimes I'll fact check things with the customer, you know, if I just have a question about a, a fact or or if I'm, you know, kind of poking fun at someone or teasing them and we're trying to decide like how far is too far. Yeah, not to touch a nerve. Okay, you know. Um, and then sometimes I'm, you know, there's all these musical things that I'm doing. So sometimes if I'm learning a new song, I have to, I look it up on the internet, but then sometimes I transpose it to get it into my, my register. Yeah. I can sing it better. And by then, the way, you are playing guitar and singing at the same time for all of you have to have every single one of these songs in your arsenal. I mean, you got the lyrics on the page, but like you, you need to, I mean, the guitar knowledge on yeah. this is massive. It's like, I don't have all the lyrics or chords memorized, but I have to remember how all of them go. Yes. Yeah. And, and sometimes you're doing five in a day, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What's, yeah. I mean, Valentine's Day, you, how many, what's, what's been your, first of all, I want to add one question before that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was for an embarrassment. Uh -huh. Have you ever been like swung on? Not yet, <laughs> but, but I, I have, I have had some interesting reactions. Yeah, like I said, the guy, um, the guy just slammed the door in my face. That's, that's a pretty good one. There was another guy at View House that like raised a butter knife in my direction when I stepped to his table. <laughs> you mean probably joking? But... I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of annoy you with this. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He was like pretending like he was gonna stab me with a butter knife, but probably. But it was, uh, still... you know, still not the greatest situation to walk into. <laughs> well, um, another time, very early in my career, it was I was gonna supposed to do an "I'm sorry" telegram from a teenager to another teenager, and oh, I called, I called the girl's house because I was having trouble finding the house, 
and the dad answered and the dad was like do not come over here <laughs> well if i would have gone there i probably would have gotten swung it may there may have been a a, 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 a a at least a fist if not a gun there yeah <laughs> that's hilarious there might be other situations that i'm not thinking about right yeah now, yeah that's great <laughs> So yeah, okay. So you're you're kind of you make sure it's everything's fine. You make sure that no jokes go too deep. And then oh, there's, there's the girl who um <laughs> started about two. No, you didn't know. I was trying to find her place again. So I was in the gorilla costume, and there was a girl. There's I've done this several times, different versions. This wasn't intentional, I don't think, but this recipient was had a thing about furries. She was like afraid of furries. Oh, afraid of okay. So not so the opposite of what. Okay. Yeah, but she was like running, running around, like trying to get away from me. <laughs> yeah. What were you dressed as? A gorilla in a suit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then there's other situations where I was purposefully, intentionally hired to, you know, scare someone or annoy someone, and I was dressed as a cockroach or a bumblebee or it's like one of their fears. Yeah, like and the cock or the uh, the bee was for a cop at the at the like a police academy or something like that. And he was afraid of bees. Oh my God. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good roast of somebody like in front of all your peers. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Random little fear comes up and sings to you. <laughs> that's solid. Roach was hilarious. That was, that was one of my favorites. It's one of those ones that I wish. I actually, I should ask. It's one of one, a regular customer, a longtime customer. I should ask if he has any video of that, but yeah. It was for one of his coworkers that was afraid of cockroaches. And I rented this I rented this burlesque cockroach costume from a burlesque performer. <laughs> Which I do have photos of somewhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I showed up at their workplace at a staff meeting or something and Wow. I sang, uh, I sang Fancy by that Australian rapper who I'm gonna forget her name right now. I, I'm just I'm just trying to picture what goes into a burlesque cockroach costume <laughs> like what uh, what are the other pasties i don't know how fast i can find that but... no it's fine <laughs> oh well send it to me later i think they're like they're like brown hot pants like maybe a brown like tube top or something and then a big like cockroach shell <laughs> <laughs> i think that's what i remember <laughs> you have the most legendary closet of any i, I can't eat nothing comes close to anything i can think of uh, <laughs> I mean, I know lots of performers that probably have similar closets, but yeah, here's one for the books for sure. <laughs> what's uh, what's the like, what are what comes to mind for you for like the most unusual requests you've gotten for singing telegrams? There's so many, and I just okay. about this recently. Well, I blogged about pranks recently, and so I blogged about or I mentioned some of of the most unusual requests. Like one time a customer asked me to, they were having a neighborhood, a gathering of, of their neighbors in their kitchen on a weekday, I think. And they wanted to just like punk their neighbors or whatever, prank their neighbors. And so they had me dress up as a clown, walk in through the back door, walk into the kitchen, get something out of the fridge i think i got a vegetable out of the fridge and then without acknowledging anyone just like i was their roommate or something you know <laughs> and just leave 
<laughs> that was all. Page did not say you literally were in there for ten seconds and just left. And yeah. it, that's a good paycheck yeah. right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, best part about that was yeah. The best part about that was one of the guys that was there. He says, "Is anyone else seeing this?" <laughs> <laughs> And then, yeah. and then I'm, I mean, I'm, what a, I mean, you just created the best the the story that they're all going to tell for the next five years of the weirdest yeah. thing that's ever happened to them. Yeah, yeah, possibly <laughs> their lives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I I blogged about several others. There was um, well, one of the most recent strangest ones I blogged about extensively on my website orangepeelmoses.com. And that was a, a dentist's girlfriend or partner hired me to prank her boyfriend, the dentist. And uh, he put a lot of thought into this. She researched all these weird phobias <laughs> and wanted, she wanted my character, this fake patient character, to have all these strange phobias that you would have to deal with, you know, or you just walked in like normal clothing, but you just had a bunch of weird. Oh, oh no, 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 I don't walk. I don't know. Sometimes when I'm a big patient, I do walk in in street clothes. Yeah. In this case, I was, I had photophobia. My character had photophobia, and my character had dentophobia. Yeah. Correct. And my character had palatophobia. I think that's how it's pronounced. I'm not positive, but the photophobia. What is that? What is the third one here? So the third one is that I, wow. Okay. So the first one photophobia is that I am allergic or I have an, uh, a reaction to sunlight, bright lights, fluorescent lights. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, dentophobia is that I'm afraid of dentists. Dentists. Yeah. A lot of phobia is that I'm afraid of bald people. <laughs> and he was bald. Oh, and he's a dentist. So, <laughs> did but you, hold up. Did you? Did you have a hat on or no? Yeah, so I'm going to tell you what I was wearing. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's the picture on the box, too. Yeah, the paint the picture. Paint the picture. No. She, and she, like I said, she debated several other phobias before this. So um, finally, she she decided on these particular phobias maybe a day or two before. And so that was when I was like, okay, well, what's my costume going to be? And so because I'm allergic to the sunlight and fluorescent lights, I decided I needed to be covered head to toe in some way. And so one of my first thoughts was like a hijab, like, um, but then I was like, oh, a ski mask. <laughs> so <laughs> and had a ski mask. <laughs> oh no. So, so I wore a ski mask with ski goggles and then a coolie, which is the conical Asian hat on my head. And then I wore all black from head to toe. I had orange mittens on orange gloves on so i was in an orange ski mask burgundy ski goggles this you know brown coolie conical sun hat thing and then all black with orange gloves on so i mean at least at least with the break in color away from yeah. black they didn't think you were trying to rob the place <laughs> i'm pretty freaked out yeah i bet i bet <laughs> so then i also brought a bag full of costumes and wigs. I gave them to everyone at his office was in on this prank, by the way. That's amazing. I gave them to the receptionist 
and and the receptionist was supposed to give them to him, the dentist, and ask him to put them on, so he would, you know, um, so, um, so I, you wouldn't be afraid. Yeah, so I wouldn't be afraid. Yeah, so my fears would be uh, addressed. And I, didn't, I don't. This is a well put together plan. Holy shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if the receptionist actually asked him to do that, but but leading into my character, they brought me into a consultation room. And I just tipped my hat like over my eyes. So even though I had goggles on, I tipped the hat over the goggles. So even when he came in, even if he wasn't wearing a wig or a costume, there was no way that I, we would have any eye contact whatsoever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so he came in and he sat down and you can read all about this on the blog, but he came in and he <laughs> sat down and he said, what's going on? And I said, well, I don't know how much your staff told me about you or told you about me, but I have a debilitating fear of dentists. And I, um, oh, and I asked him, oh, so it's really important that you not act like a dentist. That's the was one of the first things. That... <laughs> <laughs> and then I asked him if he'd gotten the teeth that I mailed to him because that was, I forgot to set that part up in the story, but. Someone had mailed him some fake teeth and they were, um, the return address or whatever on the envelope was M Gilbert. So my character's name was Mike Gilbert because I was allegedly the person that had mailed him the fake teeth. Okay. So, but as a backup plan, I had these plaster mold, this plaster mold of teeth sitting on the table that I had brought with me, um, just as a prop, just in case he hadn't gotten the teeth or whatever, or... You know, we wanted to talk about my teeth and he, I thought he had gotten the teeth, but he said he hadn't gotten the teeth. So fortunately I had my little plaster teeth right on the table, right next to me. And then, um, I don't think of what happened next. I wish I'd recorded this whole conversation, but I think, oh yes. So I asked him if there was any way that he could sing to me while he was examining my teeth. <laughs> You make me more comfortable about being in a dentist's office. <laughs> and he said that he couldn't, but he could refer me to a dentist that sang. <laughs> and then and then I said, well, maybe I can sing to myself and just soothe my own nerves. <laughs> and at that point, he exited the consultation room for a minute and I could hear him. The consultation room was right near the reception area. So I could hear him whispering with his staff. I couldn't hear everything he was saying, but I could, I could tell he was freaked out and he didn't, he wanted to send me somewhere else. And so eventually one of his staff members comes back or comes in the consultation room and she says to pretend like I'm talking to you right now. He doesn't want to treat you. He wants to send you somewhere else, but we're going to tell it. We're going to tell him that you insist on being treated here. Well, they don't <laughs> Yeah, they go and maybe tell him this. And then the staffer comes back in a few minutes later and she says, he's still freaked out. We don't know if he's going to treat you. So if he comes by the door, if he comes back in the room, just get up and just start singing to him. And so he came back eventually and he comes into the doorway and I got up and I took the plaster teeth that I had and I started singing a weird owl derivative called Cavity Search that's based on a U2 song. And I started puppeteering the plaster teeth 
as I was singing the song. <laughs> Meanwhile, he still thinks you're a patient. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have video of this part, but you can only see him because I'm inside the room and he's oh, right God. at So you can see him just dumbfounded and speechless <laughs> as I'm singing this song. And you can hear me singing this song. And then right after I finished maybe the second verse, I just started laughing and I said, happy, happy April fools. And he started laughing too. And he thought it was the funniest thing. I was going to say, he's probably the most relieved he's been in a while that you're not like an actual, like, Oh great. He's going to show up my, at my house tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People have said, people that have seen that picture say, you look like the Unabomber or something. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a pretty, that's of the, of the funny costumes. That's definitely the sketchiest. <laughs> that wow i that's asked for an unusual request and you yeah. delivered that is uh that's I great mean, there's there's plenty of others but that was one of them for sure <laughs> that was one of the best that is uh that there's so many layers to that that's incredible <laughs> so i always like to and you know this is kind of about creators and their journey but also kind of on the financial side to kind of demystify stuff for people that are up and coming um, do you make most of your money through telegrams or what else is lucrative for you? I do. It's, um, I travel a lot these days, so I can't, I can't possibly book all the, all the gigs that I'm offered, but, but I've been, I've been making most of my money from telegrams for, for a long time now. Yeah. I think about, um, so I launched, uh, my latest version of my website in 2015 and because that got a lot more attention from Google and search engines and stuff, and uh, maybe online reviews went up. By 2017, I was that was the first year or one of the first years that that I was actually doing pretty well. Yeah, that's about six or seven years ago, right? Because your your that website is the top. Uh, singing Telegram website for Denver or just Colorado in general? For for organic search results, I think it still is, but it depends on the search engine. Yeah. Uh, well, hell, I then, mean, super powerful. And then there's, of course, um, people who advertise, and so they get placed above me because I don't advertise with Google yet. I've advertised on Yelp, but not yeah. Google. But, like, I mean, as a, you know, you can kind of tell, you know, when it's sponsored versus like, oh, like, okay, these are the ones that paid. And then this is the actual first one like that. You know, people are smart. I mean, one of the biggest tests as far as the viability and the endurability of the, of my offering, right. Was when COVID hit mm. before COVID we were averaging 420 a year for a couple of years about that and then um when covid hit it went down a little bit but we did 390 in 2020 still multiple a day and that's <laughs> yeah 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 still at least one to two a day yeah and you know we had to make all kinds of adjustments that's had insane to, had to deliver outside in the snow sometimes and we had to do and we had to do online things but to still come up almost at 400 gigs in a year is pretty there you go singing telegrams is covid proof <laughs> yeah, yeah. there was even listen a... like i get it 
what I mean, what a better time to spread the happiness and hope and just, you know, taking your mind off how shit the world is for five minutes. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, lots of people are surprised when they hear that statistic. But if you think about it, there were all kinds of quarantine birthdays, traveling, and people still wanted to let their loved ones know that they cared about them. Even more important to celebrate the good stuff when when everything else is so bad. And that first month or two, if most people don't even necessarily think about this, but most concert venues were shut down. Mm -hmm. And so there wasn't, unless you were a, a band that was doing front yard concerts like I was kind of doing, um, I was one of the best resources in town for, for live socially distanced music, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so that's interesting, actually. What were those requests like multiple songs or was that still just the standard kind of you, you... yeah i mean it's it's always we we always offer three to four songs okay that's that's pretty much standard just oh yeah it's just a higher budget level yeah well that's that's pretty much standard some customers only want one song customers and especially if it's a personalized song and it's a long personalized song you only need that song yeah Sometimes we'll do a happy birthday or something else. But, oh, cool. Uh, so you kind of offer like mini concerts as well. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there is, for some of those front yard concerts that we did during COVID, we would definitely do a set for sure. A yeah. short set. Mm-hmm. That's epic. That's, I mean, what a service you did during that time. Yeah. And, and still, I mean, but that's like, that's so cool. It only dropped by like, I mean, again, still one to two a day. Yeah. During when the world was shut down. Like that's yeah. Congrats. That's huge. Yeah. It was you, you were doing just fine. It was not it was not easy, but it was really, really interesting and really uh emotional. Yeah. And really it was really uh it was such a gift to be able to provide that service during not too many pranks during that time, I'm sure, huh? <laughs> yeah, probably not as many. <laughs> I did, and I did blog about I did blog about COVID singing telegrams, but and and there's a few details in there. But part of me wishes I had blogged, and, you know, written more about yeah. that time. Really. By the way, go check out the blog. Where uh, I'll link it in the show notes as well. But th- this man is a hell of a writer. It's just orangefieldmoses.com/blog. There you go. Go check it out. Give him some love. <laughs> so switching subjects a little bit. That yeah. is I. I love that story. That's that's incredible. It didn't really slow down, and you were able to. I mean, you were kind of a frontline worker in your own way. That's epic. Uh, with that, you know, socially distanced, but you did a real service there. The only one, you know, I was, I was one of the most prominent performers doing this in Denver. But in, um, if you, some people know this, you know, Broadway performers were doing this in New York and stuff like that too. You know, hmm. a lot of them because they weren't working on Broadway or they weren't working in in theater, they were doing singing telegrams. You know makes sense it's again it's you have a skill you can use it however you can yeah. like i i make money with a camera any way that i can with you know it's what if they say do you do this i say yes <laughs> <laughs> how did you get started in uh stilt stilt performance <laughs> yeah thank you and uh and what drew you to that originally what drew me to it yeah hello 
So the way I got started, I literally do not remember ever thinking about stilts or whether I was interested in walking on stilts or performing on stilts before this. But the way it happened that I got started is that I was dancing at a random, random club in Denver and a girl who was about to, you know, uh, set up a new, new dance team at a new nightclub, saw me dancing there and we connected and she invited me to audition or dance at this new club. And it was, it was right downtown and most of the, so all the girls were like go-go dancers and all, most of the boys were kind of like B-boys mm. and I was something in between. <laughs> yeah, no, that's exactly, I mean, there's, I, if you were to describe your dance style, because <laughs> I can't, <laughs> it's just you, it's just you, how would you, it, is there, is there a description for it or is it just, is it just you, because you, you will dance to anything, anywhere, at any time. And I do have some, at this point, you know, everyone, I think most dancers realize this, and even people who don't consider themselves dancers realize this, but, you know, I I do have certain kind of stylistic things that, that I gravitate towards, you know, I have that you could recognize me if you saw a silhouette. If you knew my dancing style and then you saw a silhouette of me dancing, you, you could I could definitely me. do that. But but the point is that, you know, I was kind of the odd duck in this dance team at this uh, new nightclub that was opening. Yeah. But the most significant thing that happened there was that I got my start on stilts on uh, Halloween. And we're talking, by the way, for anybody wondering, we're talking kind of jump, bouncy stilts, not like, you know, well, oh, so I, I was is, is the beginning different. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I, do I tell. I, yeah. <laughs> I I perform uh, multiple different kinds of stilts. Fair enough. But put them on anything. Put them on anything above the ground. Yeah. You got it. On Halloween of that year, and this was about six months before I started singing telegrams for contact. Okay. On Halloween of that year, the girl who had invited me to be part of this team, she basically said, "Hey, George." Do you want to get on the stilts tonight? And they had, the owner of the club had drywall stilts. And I had never been on stilts in my life. Like I said, I don't know if I'd ever even thought about it. And I just said yes, because that's what you do. do. <laughs> yeah, opportunities and, you know, I'll try almost anything once. And that has served me very well in my life. It has. And that is, that, that by the way, it is the most healthy mentality as a creative you can possibly have is say yes and then figure it out within reason you know yeah 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 but generally a say yes mentality yeah and i remember i remember one of my first website designers and this was before all of this one of my first website designers i remember him telling me a story about how he went into earthlink at the time and they uh, he's in he's in there for an interview and at the end of the interview or part of the interview, they ask him, so you can design websites, right? And he had <laughs> a website in his life. And he's like, yep, yeah, 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 yeah I can do that. <laughs> I won't be sleeping tonight, but yeah, I can do that. <laughs> I need to learn. <laughs> with the stilts, with the drywall stilts at the club, I said yes. I'd never been on stilts before. I strapped them on and then I 
I put a costume on or a cape on or something. And I just, I walked around the edges of the nightclub, like <laughs> close to the walls. I probably didn't go in the middle of the crowd. I was just careful that first night, but I just kept doing it. Not all the time in the beginning, but requests would come up and, and there wasn't a lot of people that did it at that time. And, uh, so I would get that. Like, I, I like though, that like, that's one of the more healthy say yes situations where it's like, Hey, do you want to try this out? Like, it's not like, Oh, you're pro like you say, Oh yeah, I can, I can do front flip. And you know, you have no idea. It's, Hey, do you want to try this out? And also I, <laughs> I love that your first time in stilts was in a club meaning dark, shining lights everywhere like you can't see much but like yeah. figure out this new you know you're four feet five feet off the ground like why not <laughs> yes but i because i'd been dancing for a decent amount of time i had body awareness and body awareness yeah and drywall stilts are arguably the training wheels of the stilt family there you go drywallers and painters and contractors use them they figure it out all the time you know so Heard up, yeah. The tra- you got, you got the training wheels. That's good. It was a little crazy, but yeah, I bet. But no, I, yeah. So in in the situation, it was the safest it could be. And again, you're an athlete. You're you know you you've been. Da- I think you danced out of the womb. <laughs> I shoot. How old was I? I'd have to look this up, but I definitely started going to four age dances when I was about eight or nine nice i believe and probably somewhere around that same time somewhere around that same time maybe a little bit after i saw michael jackson's moonwalker on television and that was the first time outside of four years dances when it was like girls were asking me to dance or whatever that was the first time i remember dancing practicing dancing solo Mm. like attempting to practice dancing solo and uh so that was, he was definitely, as he was on many, many people. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he shocked a generation into trying stuff out. Yeah. And you were part of that generation. That's, I mean, that's awesome. Oh, my God. And I can't, like, I'm not the greatest moonwalker unless I'm in scuba flippers. <laughs> uh, but I do have, I do still have some of those Michael Jackson moves. I <laughs> oh my god that got me oh my god i'm not a great moonwalker unless i'm in swimming flippers which is the hardest thing you can possibly have to walk in no you know what's really hard is the <laughs> flippers oh yeah i bet <laughs> i think i would have to i would have to get paid multiple hundreds of dollars to even try that <laughs> pull the six, thing about a six flippers. Step in flippers? Yeah. yeah. Like, that sounds like a, a torn ACL to me. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty awkward. I don't even know. My my previous one of my previous guests was Lauren Ball. I don't even know if he could do that. <laughs> an actual B boy. I feel like they have, feel a challenge coming on. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I we may have to do that. We may have to do a uh uh conversations with creators challenge, get you and Lauren together. And see who can be boy better. So I I think it sounds I don't know. I could be wrong because yes. of a unique experience and skill set. 
But I feel like moonwalking and scuba flippers sounds harder than it is. Because the thing about it is that you can stay connected to the ground longer as you're transitioning between steps, if that makes sense. I mean, <laughs> I'm the guy that b-boys at weddings, and that sounds pretty fucking hard to me. <laughs> I think, I think, I think you've unlocked a new genre or style of b-boys is or any dance is different in flipper. You want to hear? You want to hear where I figured out that yes, it's moonwalking? Please. Because it was at EDC Vegas, <laughs> and it, I was literally, of course, of course, it was walking through the crowd. And so I was just looking over my shoulder to make sure I didn't run into people. <laughs> how, many, how many years? Because I did Oh, my God. I haven't told you my... Did I tell you the, my my hilarious EDC Vegas story? I, I, think, you, I, think, I think... Yeah, I yeah, think you got... They changed the rules. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to tell it just for the audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> I think you got me that gig, right? Yes. You recommended me. So that. they had... It, what year was it? Four, 14, 13? Possible. Yeah, and somewhere in that range. I'm so bad with dates. Uh, thank you, ADHD. Um, so George gets me a acrobat gig at EDC Vegas, <laughs> which I'm like, okay, cool. Like, you know, I can do flips, and, and little did I know this was a trampoline gig, and the trampoline is <laughs> a, 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 a track, a strip of trampoline about... 10 feet off the ground in front of the stage, uh, in front of one of the stages in complete darkness and in morph suits with reflectors on. So you can't really, you, visibility is about 20%. And I sh I'm, I show up, I can do flips, but I can't, I'm not like a trampoline master. I can do, you know, the occasional, I can't do like two front flips in a row. <laughs> and I show up in these acrobats around me, uh, you know, I would, I can flip. So like we were having fun, but like these guys are doing like double backflips, like full tumble lines and like they're professional. Yeah. I'm like, okay, I'll try to keep up. We do our first show very quickly. I realize I, I'm going to like die if I actually try and really go hard. Cause it's, it's dark. We are going, you know, there is strobes and, and lasers going everywhere. And yeah. my face is covered by a morph suit. So after we do our first performance and we go back to the dressing room and the guys are like, Hey, so, um, obviously like, you know, you're, you're not quite on the, on the acrobatic level. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I can see that. <laughs> so like, how about you be the spotter for the pad at the end? I'm like, that sounds fucking great. <laughs> so that was the rest. So, you know, we were good. I didn't get hurt next year. I get, I get the, the performer EDC email you know, for like call for performers. And I go like, oh, like, let's check it out. In the acrobat category, <laughs> there is a little, a little uh, asterisk, a little star. And Sam's like, must be able to do consecutive backflips. <laughs> so they made a new rule for EDC acrobats because I was so bad. <laughs> but listen, I still got paid. I had a blast. Thank you for that. And, uh, and that was... <laughs> That was hilarious and so much fun. I, you know, the final, the final uh, headliner at the main stage. We all did this like spider web thing out. There's like a hundred and twenty thousand people there. I cried. It was incredible. What EDC Vegas is, is 
it's a spiritual experience. It is on par with Burning Man in my in my uh, opinion. But yeah, they they changed the rules because of me, and it's just a funny like. I was never gonna. I I immediately knew I was out of my depth. I was never gonna apply again. But like, it's hilarious that there was a new rule because of me. <laughs> oh my god! I always get a kick out of that. I mean, they like they throw throw fairly hardy that you know it's a, they what they throw they throw fairly novice still walkers into that okay so it's not just me realm as well you know like, they still i don't know yeah but like still i mean as long as you can walk on still it's like these guys were doing like double double bike double back pikes in darkness hoping that they like but they it wasn't hoping because they knew where they were they were actual tumblers i'm a parkour athlete like i <laughs> And and I understand, but I still I still don't think it's great that they put like beginner yeah, performers in the middle of a crazy like it is insane. Yeah, it is, like it is a all going different directions all the time. Like if you ever have a chance to check out EDC Vegas, just do it. It's don't like hurt your bank account because it will. But it was uh man, that was a wild and it goes all night like. Hitting, oh my god, I that's that I think that's the most tired I've been on a performance gig back in the day when I did the parkour stuff. Um, that was wild, but and and I got to see you, and it was it was on. I met Pauline, who's a homie, and and that was great, that was super fun. So, all right, so that's how you got your start. That's 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 an awesome story. (laughs) Well, that's how I got my start, but then, um, the next year or two, I worked at Elitch Gardens, which was owned by Six Flags at the time. Yeah. And uh, Nate. This is going to be an historic thing because eventually it's going to be gone, which is insane. Anyway, Elitch Gardens, yeah, they're, they're fucking a park or something. They're tearing they're gonna move it. I heard they were going to move it. I hope. Case. That'd be great. I I don't know. I just saw a headline and I was like, how dare you? Anyway, I heard they were before we deal with Yeah, I, they, no, they, they, you don't have Den, I mean, Denver, Elitch is, is a Denver staple. I have, my best man told a story about Eliches at my wedding. Like, <laughs> anyway, so you were performing at Eliches. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was how we really got a lot of experience because we worked um, two two or two and a half months straight, like almost every night. Yeah, that was that's how we really. Got that's it. yeah, yeah. You just you just learn by doing, yeah. which is how you do it. That's that's the best. I'm learning by doing this. <laughs> <laughs> You're episode 11. <laughs> yeah, my my goal is basically to close my eyes until I get to episode 100 with this and then again close my eyes until I get to episode 200. I this I'm I'm in on it. <laughs> You're just sleepwalking through your own No, not I should that's that's a terrible analogy. But basically don't I'm like not ex, you know I ho- I'm just having fun with it and seeing where it goes and eventually it'll be what it is. Yeah, I mean, yeah, no, I, I, as you can see, I had no nothing prepared for this. I'm a complete amateur. That's one of the things that I like about singing telegrams because I've struggled with perfectionism. Oh yeah, over the years, and one of the things I love about singing telegrams is that nobody cares if it's perfect. Like some some clients are really anal, you know, and they'll want to hear a demo before. And, and sometimes it's a, you know, I'm at, I'm at the governor's mansion, you know, and I want it to be really tight and tight yeah, yeah. 
or I have it memorized for a TV appearance or something like that. But most of the time, people just want it to be fun. People just want to facilitate a sing-along. They want it to be fun. They want to embarrass someone. They don't need it to be perfect. And when I forget a lyric or I lose my place for a second, as long as I keep going, everyone laughs, no one cares. Yeah. Listen, yeah. I I, <laughs> I know firsthand how it doesn't have to be perfect. I've been hired, paid money as a break dancer, which always cracks me up because I'm like, listen, I'm I'm a novice break dancer, but the fact that I'm even doing a six step, anybody who's drunk in the crowd for a rave is gonna be like, oh my god, they're dead. And then you know, wearing the shiny suit and stuff, they're they're gonna be happy. So it's all good. Just but no, I mean, I think that's that goes along with the say yes thing. Is like yeah, not, per, because perfection doesn't. That was a big thing for me is realizing that perfection doesn't exist. Oh yeah. Um, you know it's, and when you're there for the journey and excited about the journey and okay with being a beginner there's people in your corner and there's people rooting for you and there's you know there's that's such a so few people chase their passions in life that you going after something and it being raw and bumpy is that's a life experience and that's something that a lot of people don't get so and that's that's always the way it's gonna be if you're doing anything yeah if you're, if you're going into uncharted territory, it's always going to be bumpy. And any, anytime you're learning a craft, there's always going to be a learning curve, you know? Absolutely. Be, you know, or most people aren't going to be Mozart or Beethoven when they're nine or whatever, you know? So, You lucky bastards. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what are some of the most memorable still performances you've done? And uh, what made them stand out to you? Stay here. I just can't believe. I just froze for a second. It was and it was great. I can't believe you actually did a, a statue gig recently. That cracks me up so much. I mean, I was the loudest still here, but uh, <laughs> that was really fun. It was at a cannabis event, and I was in uh, you yeah, know a space. That's perfect. That's perfect. Space suit and uh, yeah. My, I mean, how many I, people I, just how many people just stood watching you for like a half hour? <laughs> I didn't stay still for a half hour. That's what I'm saying. Oh, like my, yeah, okay, okay. The guy who, uh, who I did it for, he's like, you I was so intimidated to do living statue gigs for so long, but he's like, you don't have to stay still. Like, you can move. Like, it's okay. <laughs> Just stay still once in a while, and then uh, then move once in a while. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, so what was what was a memorable still, still performance? Wow, you've done a lot. Yeah. You've done ultra. You've done yeah. I mean, there's the you've done yeah, yeah. One of the most, one of the craziest still performances I've ever done, and there's been a lot. But um, performing at ultra when when Nate and I were doing ultra Miami, the massive, massive EDM yeah, ultra festival is one of the big, biggest EDM Huge. festivals in the world. Performing at Ultra Fest on four-legged stilts and with these kind of foam saddles built into our costumes, carrying leggy go-go dancers. And you were like, it was like a unicorn costume, right? They were they were kind of like robot insect costumes. Um, okay. I think they were 
they look like kind of like robot ants or android ants and we're carrying we're carrying you know 120 pound gogo dancers at least on our backs and we're in the inside the barricades and so most people don't necessarily understand what that means but inside the barricades there's usually a a space for you know camera crew press uh vip performer and so we're in for for a big music festival setting the stage here you have the stage you have the crowd and then you have kind of a t where the top of the t is the stage and then you have a middle section with fences on either side so the fences give a little bit of a section to the middle of it and then the very front. And so you were in the middle section. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so we were in that T, you know, in the middle of the crowd with, with go-go dancers on our backs on four-legged stilts. And there's a, there's these things called cable covers, which are covering a lot of the cables and they're yellow and they have kind of like a little bit of tread on them. But in between that tread, they are smooth as not. Oh, no. And then what happens is they get wet from, you know, either people spilling drinks or water effects on the stage or whatever it is. Or weather. And then they're also shooting confetti out of confetti cannons. And so they're covered in wet confetti. And oh there's. And so we're carrying girls on our backs. We're on four-legged stilts. And we're having to maintain ourselves on slippery, you know, wet confetti covered. You're how high, how high in the air? Well, we're on we're relatively low. We're on low stilts because I'm wearing the jumping stilts on my back legs and I'm wearing crutches on my front legs. So you're like we're not feet off the ground ish. To my chest? Yeah. Oh yeah, to your chest. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Maybe yeah. Well, so you're super low. Yeah, we're relatively low to the ground. Okay. Still, it's just so oh, yeah. Because you know you're on a you're on a crutch. You're carrying people, and we're on a slippery surface, and uh, yeah, and people like the it's it's so noisy. The 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 volume is so loud, and yeah, and we can barely see because we have like little like uh, mesh coverings over our eyes as part of the costume too. You know so. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's let's put let's put a hood yeah a best hood over the the support system for people while yeah, yeah. i get it but also like come on <laughs> just like black eye makeup come on <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's you know you t- you talked about doing uh some of that um trying to do acrobatics and and low visibility oh my god it was so hard but uh, I was like, I was barely comfortable doing it back. Yeah, <laughs> it was... <laughs> I, yeah, it was. Uh, that was that was wild. <laughs> yeah, I've done all kinds. No, see, so but you, but you, but you made it through because you're a professional. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was that was one of the most one of the highest level gigs I've done for sure. I'm really smart that you made it into the ultra after movie. As the, uh, it was the, I think it was the unicorn one in all white. And then you had the girls on top of you that were like dressed up in basically just tape, black tape. And there were fireworks going off and it was a wide shot. And I was like, oh my God, it's George. And uh, it's in your reel that I edited for you. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> I don't even know where to start with other gigs. I mean, we got to perform in, in Japan a couple times. That was really incredible. 
Japanese uh, festival audience or audiences are much more polite in general. Um, there's there's a few exceptions. There's definitely some that that get drunk and and get a little obnoxious, but way less so than American and or Mexican audiences. So it's no, that's super interesting though because um, just on the on the travel part, like singing telegrams pays the bills, but stilting as taking you around the world. Yeah. 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 Which is, I mean, I, I, that's kind of, yeah, yeah, exactly. That's so cool. Even when it, even when the gig doesn't cover all your expenses, it's still worth it. It's a life. It's a check. It's a checklist for life. It's your bucket list. I mean, that's, yeah, that, that, that is actually, that's interesting. What, what is, um, how does the experience of like a good telegram compare to, you know, performing at Ultra? Um, it's obviously different. Yeah, I mean, so the a lot of the best telegrams. I guess there's two kind of best, two kinds of uh, great telegrams. One of them is is a prank or something that's really funny. Yeah, and that the other one is something that's just really emotionally impactful and so usually in those cases i i rarely i rarely sometimes my eyes will water a little bit towards the end but usually i don't get super emotional until right after i'm walking out or as i'm walking somehow i'm able to hold it together for the performance and i kind of committed to the character yeah but then but then something, you know, I'm empathetic enough that I I get the feels as I'm leaving the gig, yeah. you know, right at the end of it or something. Makes sense. And that's, that's you know, like just the other night I did a, a vow renewal up in the SS Park. And even though the guy was super nervous and, you know, it wasn't as... Um, nervous for you or nervous for the vow renewal? <laughs> It wasn't cool. No, he was he was nervous about like just just renewing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they had you know tough times here and there. Yeah, yeah, of course. And um, even though the the whole um, it was there was a lot of things he got right. You know, like he he got this room at this beautiful resort in Nessus Park, and and he had it scheduled like during sunset, and there was a little gazebo outside, and he had rose petals. You know, leading all the boxes were checked. You had a lot of boxes checked. There were there were a few things he could have done better, but <laughs> even even despite those like minor you know imperfections, um, watching them, watching him read his you know very heartfelt little note that he'd written about how he wanted to recommit to his partner, yeah. that got me that got me super emotional for sure. And and those are some of the best ones are the ones that are really, really meaningful, emotionally impactful and meaningful. And those, I I rarely have a still performance experience that's that emotionally impactful. Yeah. I have, I have really great experiences on stilts and really magical experiences, especially performing on the beach in Costa Rica. Um, really, really magical interactions with, with festival patrons, but but they're it never, like it feels like they're never they're never like I'm crying yeah 
because that was such a touching moment, you know. It feels like um, seeing, singing telegrams fills your cup like emotionally while the still gigs is such a great adrenaline rush and like just a cool, like you get to experience something bigger. I mean, there's, you know, there is, there's meaning and there is, you know, there's definitely a magic in, like I said, some of those still performances, but it's just, yeah, I'm rarely ever like actually crying. Yeah. Like I am at some of these singing telegrams, you know, um, I don't talk about this very often, but once in a while I do basically end of life celebrations and during COVID in 2020, I did one for a young man who was, he was 20 years old and he wasn't expected to live to see his 21st birthday. Mm. So they were having an early 21st birthday for him and it was outdoors. But it was, um, it was COVID safe ish. And they had basically like 75 to a hundred people in a circle. So they could kind of be socially distanced. And I came in, in my nurse dress and, you know, just did a birthday rap, uh, maybe did one or two other songs. And that was, that was definitely one of the most, I've done a few other. How did you, like, hold it, did you hold it together for her? I mean, I think I was probably, my eyes are probably watering towards the end. Like when I was, you know, I think I, I don't remember if I shook his hand necessarily, but I, I, I maybe like, you know, talked to him briefly afterwards and, and maybe took a picture with him or something. What an and, and then I left and I just bawled. I, like I was bawling, you know. So. Drive a block away so nobody sees you and just start crying. <laughs> You know, well, no, like that, that's, I mean, usually the way it happens is like, wow. right, up, right as I walk out of there, I start, you know, it just, it all, all the emotions come. Well, and, and I'm, I mean, I'm sure if anybody's walking you out, there's a big hug waiting for you. Like, of course that, that, I mean, wow, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It really, it really is for sure. That's a, uh, that's such, that's such an honor. That's you, you have a cool job. <laughs> You have a cool, you, you do lots of cool things that affect people in, yeah, yeah. in so much positivity. And something I love about you is, is you just, your ripple effect of yeah. your attitude and your positivity is absolutely, it's, it spans the world. Mm. And you know that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I even, I came up with a, my own term for the ripple effect. Yeah. And it's the same, same basic concept, but. I think that at the time I, I didn't think, didn't realize it was always already an expression that uh, covered that, but, uh, I decided to term it collateral sunshine instead of, uh, you know, the, the military terminology, they use yeah, the damage fire or whatever. Yeah. Um, so collateral sunshine. And so I just, I noticed that there was always this effect when I would go, I was in the elevator going up to an office gig or I was in the grocery store because I hadn't taken my costume off or I was going to the grocery store before the gig and I was in costume already. And, and people would just often comment about how I made their day, even though I was just walking around in costume, you know? That, I mean, that's the most accurate description of it. You need to make shirts out of that. (laughs) That's fantastic. I mean, again, when I say like, no matter 
how stressed, what kind of day I'm having when I show up to film you doing what you do. There's a, I always leave with a smile. It's you, you, you infect sunshine everywhere you go. And I've talked about this before too, but sometimes spread sunshine. Infect is a weird word. <laughs> sometimes I, in the past, not so much anymore because I, I'm very aware of this phenomenon now, but in the past, sometimes I would wake up, I hadn't slept enough or I didn't feel well. And, but I would still go to the gig, you know, and it would trans, it would transform my mood and my being, my state of being as well, you know? I mean, I think it's because at the very basic level, you're in service. You're yeah. helping, you know, you are, yes, it is, you know, you're being paid for, but like, yeah. Yeah. it is a service to people. It is making somebody's day. You're, you're affecting a mood no matter what it is. And when you're a performer, when you're an artist, when you are successful at the mood that you want to affect, that feels great. And no matter if it's crying or laughing or embarrassment, like whatever it is, your mission was successful with it. And yeah, I mean, I think it's cool because you, you kind of, you have a job that can cure depression, even if you're depressed. That's so cool. <laughs> Definitely brings, brings a lot of light into people's lives. And it also brings... This is something I also didn't, I kind of knew intuitively that singing was good for me, but mm. didn't know anything about the science until the last few years. And this is something that I love to talk about as well these days as well, because singing is good for your nervous system. It helps regulate your nervous system. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why people like to sing. And the the unfortunate fact is that not everyone, most people aren't encouraged to sing on a regular basis unless they, unless they go to a church, you know, but not everyone has that. Yeah. Or like and, a random karaoke bar. Yeah. Or, yeah, exactly. True. But it's not, it's a, it's a special occasion. It's not every day. Occasion, but, yeah. but singing is really good for you and it helps regulate your nervous system. And most people, because they're not encouraged to sing, they don't sing all the time. They, some of them sing in their shower and some of them sing in their car, but some of them are scared to death of singing in front of other people or in public. And so that's what, that's what the benefit of a, of a group sing-along is. And so the more, the more I do songs that people know, and, and that's why I try to be really intentional and exhaustive in the way that I pick songs these occasions is because I try to pick at least one or two songs that people are going to know so they can sing along, you know, because people, even if they're afraid just, by themselves, like yeah. if they're other people singing, then they feel they're safe. It's safe. It's a safe space to sing along. And they're science behind yeah. collateral sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> just like group sing-alongs, you know? No, that's great. It makes total sense. Like you're, the song choices can affect not just who you're doing it to, but the whole room. Yeah. Which makes it a party. And that's, I mean, you know, I have, I have experienced and been a part of some really incredible sing-alongs over the years, you know, and that's magic every time when it's real good. It's, it's real magic. Yeah. Real magic that, I mean, there you go. 
Collateral Sunshine, Real Magic. <laughs> so just to wrap up, this has been yep. absolutely amazing. And <laughs> oh my God. So I you I knew that there were crazy stories and they came through. <laughs> but um yeah, let's uh, I want to roll out the roll out the red carpet for you. What do you got going on in your life? So wow. What we are trying to do right now, and it's gonna be a journey, but we want to make a pilot, a, a unscripted streaming TV pilot about singing telegrams. And we have a theme song that is amazing. It's literally the catchiest song I've ever been involved in writing and recording. It's, I mean, it's so exciting to have that piece of it. Yeah. Um, and now we have a, a longtime commercial photographer and videographer who's who wants to make feature films. That's that's really what he wants to do primarily, but. In the meantime, he's willing to help people like me make things like this. Yeah. So uh, the plan is to start shooting something next Friday. And that's that's really just for the pilot. Um, initially, well, originally, we had kind of thought about making a, a miniseries. And that's still totally possible, um, with especially with some funding. But, but I kind of want to start with a more accessible goal. And so... Um, we just want to make a proof of concept. Yeah, we, yeah, exactly. Proof of concept. <laughs> so we want to really document what it's like to surprise a really interesting and worthy recipient with a personalized song in a really special moment, you know, which is going to be his graduation party. That's cool. Uh, and he's a rocket scientist. Oh, um, all right. <laughs> and he's a character. But yeah, no, I, I, again, if you, you know, any of the stories that you've heard today, if you want to see that as a TV show, which yeah. I've just all about. Yeah, if you do want, if you're interested in, in, you know, keeping up with what we're doing, sign up for the mailing list. There's an easy uh, pop up on the website that uh, prompts you to sign up for the mailing list. Give them the website again orangepeelmoses.com and yeah, subscribe to the mailing list. I am excited to be part of this project. And yes. Yes. again, just the little that I've, I mean, you've, you've done so much and I've just been there for a fraction of it. And again, this, this is like, I'm trying to think. It's like the feel goods of what, if, what, what do we describe it as? Like the feel goods of queer eye with <laughs> the, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, um, it's like punked meets queer eye. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I just, I, I'm such a fan, and I think it really has legs, and I'm so yeah, excited. Yeah, I'm so excited to to add to it, and yes. where you're going with it, and I think it's a brilliant idea. Yes. And uh, let him, let let George Orange Peel know if you are in agreement, and uh, and get on that mailing list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you got someone you need to uh, make feel special, hit us up. We'll help you out. They're there. He's there. He'll yeah. I I'm I, I see lots more gorilla in tutus in your future. <laughs> <laughs> well, buddy, thank you so much for uh for doing this and it was great to catch up uh oh. deep dive because I know when we when we see each other it's always like I got like ten minutes to talk and then I gotta go. <laughs> oh no. 
but yeah, we go way back. And uh, this has been an absolute blast and a pleasure. Thanks, man. Thanks, Thank man. you. All right. I will see everybody next time. I'm going to end it right here. I will, uh, I'll talk to you later, buddy. And uh, thank you for listening and watching. And we'll see you next time. Bye.